Thank you so much, and thank you for taking part in worship. If you brought your Bibles this morning, please turn to Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21. <clears throat> I want to share with you this morning a sermon entitled, The Public Exaltation of Our Lord. As I was thinking about this message this morning, I first I was going to entitle my message, uh, uh, Palm Sunday. Another, what does Palm Sunday mean? And I was doing some reading uh, by W.A. Criswell, one of the oldest preachers uh, in my time, pastored uh, First Baptist Church, Dallas, Texas, I believe for 52 years. And, um, and I was reading his comments and he entitled a little section there, the, the public exaltation of our Lord. And I believe it fits this Palm Sunday, and it fits this uh, passage of Scripture just perfect. The public exaltation of our Lord. Let's look, if you will. Before we do, let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for our time that we've had to worship you in hymns and or praise songs, uh, music. Uh, thank you for the voices that went up to you. We pray, Lord, they came from our heart. And it was our love song to you, each one that we were able to sing. And I thank you now that you are there to speak to us through your word. Help me, I pray, as I share your word. Give me the words to say, the right spirit to say them in. And um, help me as you share and teach me your word. Thank you for the exaltation of your son Jesus to a world suddenly when the time was right. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 through 11. Now when they drew near Jerusalem and they came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples said to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you'll find a donkey tied and a coat with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you say to them, The Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. And all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a coat, the foal of a donkey. And so the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the coat, and they laid their clothes on them and set him on them. And a very, verse 8, a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And then the multitude who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And so the multitude said, this is Jesus, 
prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. And all of this happened in the springtime. All of this took place in the spring of the year. The winter rains were over and Palestine's grass was green and it was live and no doubt it was as green as ours is around here today. And at the same time of the year, the city of Jerusalem was surrounded with thousands and thousands and thousands and uncounted thousands of pilgrims who were pouring into the city from all over the earth. Because this was Passover date. And Easter follows Passover. Easter. It's the first Sunday after the first full moon after the vernal equinox. The full of the moon. Think of that. This first Sunday of the full moon. For First Sunday after the full moon, Easter, first Sunday of the full moon, Passover, or Palm Sunday. The full of the moon was chosen for the Passover because the children of Israel were in bondage in Egypt. And they'd be able to use that full moon to see where to walk as they fled Egypt. Therefore, on this full moon, these pilgrims were pouring into Jerusalem by uncounted thousands. Picture that in your mind. Josephus would later write in his historical writings that as many as one to two million Jewish people converged on Zion, converged on Jerusalem at the Passover time of the year. And now at this time, the Lord's in Bethany. He's not in Jerusalem. He's in Bethany. And the multitude is even greater there because thousands of people have come to see Lazarus, who the Lord had raised from the dead. And not only to see Lazarus, but they wanted to see the prophet from Nazareth, who raised him from the dead. And so now in the story, you just can't help from noticing the emphasis of the multitudes. Matthew chapter Matthew chapter 21, verse uh, 8. For a great multitude, verse 9. Then the multitudes went before. Verse 11. So the multitudes said. And so as you read this, you can picture in your mind there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people that are coming to observe Passover. This is a very unusual story. It's unusual, first of all, because nowhere else in the life of our Lord did he ever use an animal. But he does here. Verse 2 says that he rides into the city of Jerusalem. But everywhere prior to this in his ministry, everywhere in his life prior to this, he walked. But the most astonishing of all things in the story is this story is prepared and purposed to be public. To be public. Never a time in the life of our Lord did he give himself to any type of publicity. 
all of his ministry had been somewhat private. Example, when he was tempted by Satan on the Mount of Temptation, it was just our Lord and Satan. When he healed the blind man, when the blind man was healed, Matthew 9, 28 through 30, Jesus said to the blind man, See that no one knows it. And when the leprous man was healed, Jesus said to the leprous man, Tell no man about it. And when the Lord was transfigured on the Mount of Transfiguration, no one was there but Peter and James and John. So what's the point? The point is he shunned publicity as best as he could. And so this, the great exception is in our story this morning. Matthew 21, 1 through 10. Multitude after multitude after multitude, uncounted multitude, were gathering in Jerusalem. All had been carefully, this all had been carefully planned. All of it had been carefully arranged. The coat had already been chosen. Arrangements had been made with the owner for the disciples to come. The disciples were given certain words to say and a certain answer was to be given. All of it had been pre-planned. And then Jesus would ride a donkey into Jerusalem where all these people were. Publicly acclaimed by the multitudes who were following him. This is the only time in the ministry of Jesus that he would be presented publicly and broadcasted publicly to be the Messiah. Now why? Why the public declaration of the Son of God? Why is this public exaltation of our Lord? Why the public exaltation of our Lord? Three things. Well, I'll give you well three and let you think on another one. Number one, this is the covenant day of all history. The covenant day of all history. Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9 and 10. Listen to what God's Word says. Rejoice greatly. This prophecy. Rejoice greatly, O king, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He's just and he's having, sal- and having salvation. Lowly and riding on a donkey, a coat, the foal of a donkey. And then the latter part of verse 10. His dominion shall be from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. This is the day that all history had been moving toward for thousands of years. This is the great offering. This is the great presentation. This is the King of Israel. This is the Savior of the world. This is the Messiah from heaven. This is the glorious, triumphant, covenant day of history. Looking forward to this day they were. For thousands of years, and it had arrived. And thousands and thousands and thousands had witnessed it. 
Now, when the people were shouting, in chapter 21, verse 9, Hosanna in the highest, Hosanna to the Son of David, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord, Hosanna, salvation to our God. Those words of acceptance, those words of acclamation, it really infuriated the scribes and the Pharisees, the elders and the rulers. And in Luke chapter 19, Luke chapter 19, verse 39, listen to Luke's account. Luke chapter 19, verse 39. Listen to his account. Uh, let's look at verse 38. Saying, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Verse 39. And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, Teacher, speaking of Jesus, Teacher, rabbi, teacher, they said to him, said in verse 39, rebuke your disciples. In other words, tell them to be quiet. Tell them to stop shouting those words. Verse 40, but he answered and he said to them, I'll tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. My goodness. If these were to hold their peace, the very stones would cry out to God. And so what's the point? This is the great offering. This is the great presentation. This is God as king of the Jews, as king of Israel. This is the savior of the world. This is the Messiah from heaven. This is the great triumphant covenant day of all history. And so why was the declaration of the Son of God, why was this exaltation of the Lord, first of all, the great covenant day of all history was revealed. Israel, this is your king. So why the public declaration? Number two, if you're taking notes. God would make a public announcement, presentation, that Christ would die for the sins of the world. Jesus Christ will die publicly on the cross for the sins of the whole world. You see, the death of Christ would now be open and public. Follow with me. The death of Christ now would be open and public. It would be a public spectacle. It would be looked upon by thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands. Augustine said this, and I'll quote, really like this. He said, the triumphant procession into Jerusalem is not nearly so much that of a king, as it is the procession, procession of a victim to the sacrifice. Augustine said, it's not so much of the procession of a king, but it's the procession of the victim, the sacrifice. My goodness, there's no doubt. The death of Jesus and the burial of Jesus could have been done in secret. Could have been like Moses. On Mount Nebo. He's buried on Mount Nebo. and No one knows where his grave is. So his death and his burial of Moses was secret. 
the death and burial of Jesus could have been secret. And the death of Christ, if it was secret, would still have been just as, uh, just as important to us today if it was done in secret. But the death of Christ could have been dramatic. It could have been dramatic as when Isaac was offered on a, on a lonely mountain far, far away. No one witnessed it but his father. The point is the death of Christ was open for all to see. It was open before the entire world at that time. And as the Lord hung on the cross, there were so many people passing by, thousands and thousands and thousands of pilgrims present, that the Roman procreator felt compelled to announce the reason for the execution of Christ in three languages, in Hebrew and Greek and in Latin. Oh, think of all the people there. Think of, think of all the people. Listen to John 19, verse 19 and 20. Listen to what uh, is said. Now Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross, and the writing was, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. And many of the Jews read this title for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. And it was written in Hebrew, Greek, and Latin. A lot of people there. A lot of people there. So the public death of our Lord and the King was public. It was public. If you take a notes, number three, why the exaltation? Since God made a public presentation of the sacrificial death of, of Jesus, all believers should publicly be committed and unashamed of our Lord today. Have you publicly professed Christ as your Lord and Savior? You say, well, I did it at home. And Have you followed him in believers' baptism to identify with him? Well, no. have you made a public profession of faith? This is amazing. You see, part of our purpose of Christ in us, part of our purpose for Christ in us is to be public. Christ didn't save you as a believer not to be public with your profession. He wanted you to be public. Not to hide your profession, but to publicly wear your profession boldly as a believer for him. It's the purpose of God and Christ that those of us who are saved be identified with him in commitment to his sacrificial death. You see, God is described in the Bible as our Passover God. Jesus is described as the Passover lamb in 1 Corinthians 5, 7. You remember Exodus chapter 12 when God's people were getting ready to, to leave uh, Egypt, make their journey to the promised land? If you remember in Exodus 12, you have the Passover. That's what they came to celebrate here in Jerusalem on this day. But the blood of the Passover had to be placed on the lintel above and on the doorpost on either side. Exodus chapter 12. 
And so the point of that is the house is now openly and publicly set apart for God. Let me ask you a question. Why couldn't you put the blood on the back door? Or why couldn't you just take the blood of the sacrificial lamb and hide it somewhere like in the closet? You couldn't do that because God said the sacrifice is to be openly and publicly made and displayed. It's to be openly and publicly acknowledged by my people. This house, that blood on that door lintel and post, this house is set apart for God. These people who are under the blood, Openly and publicly. They're under the blood. Front doorpost of their home where everybody could see it. They would acknowledge it. And so listen, our acknowledgement of Christ and our commitment to Christ is to be open and public and unashamed. Here's the point. If it costs us our life... We're to be open and publicly identified with the blood of the sacrifice, the blood of the crucified Lamb of God. I'm a Christian. That's the heart of my salvation. Romans 10, verse 9 and 10, says it pretty clear. Romans 10, 9 says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Whereas Matthew 10, Matthew 10, verse 33, says that if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Father which is in heaven. So the point is, our public identification with Christ is interwoven into our, into our salvation. I don't know how many teenagers we have here, but I don't want you to ever feel left out when I'm sharing God's Word. And so let me speak to the teenagers, and let me speak to the adults also. In life, in word, in example, in circumstances, in incidences, whatever they might be, wherever you live, wherever you are, if you by an act or word or by silence deny your Lord, if I'm ashamed of him, just remember, he's ashamed of me. When you're saved, you give your life to Him. And when you do that, you openly, publicly identify with Jesus Christ. It may cost my life. It may cost my popularity. It might cost whatever. But we are called to identify openly and publicly with the sacrificial blood of Jesus Christ. So listen, if you ever have identified with Jesus, 
Call yourself a believer. Call yourself a follower. Call yourself a disciple. Call yourself a Christian. You better have the blood on the lintel of your doorpost. Outside the house where the whole world can see it. Exodus chapter 12. So why did God publicly declare Jesus the Messiah in Matthew 21? Well, it was a covenant day of all history. Then God would make a public declaration that Jesus would die for the sins of the world. And thousands witnessed that. And then to instruct and encourage us as believers to be committed and unashamed of our Lord. And so this morning I've shared about some unusual public presentations of our, our Lord. But um, however there's another public appearance awaiting to exalt and to acclaim Jesus Christ. <clears throat> I'm not going to share much about that except this. It'll be when he comes with 10,000 of his saints, according to Jude, verse 14. It'll come when the heavens shall be rolled back like a scroll, compared to, as stated in Revelation 6, 4. It'll come when it's as vivid as lightning flashing across the sky. It will come publicly, Matthew 24. So let me have your attention just a moment. Don't, don't leave, don't go to the restroom or nothing like that. This is it's real important. Listen to me with all your heart. Christ is coming again one day. Publicly. Openly. Before the gaze of the entire world. And those who nailed him to the cross will see him. And so this morning I pray, God, I pray that there's not a person in the sound of my voice that will wail at your coming. I pray they won't be lost. I pray they won't be unprepared. And I pray when Jesus comes again, they won't be ungodly. I pray, O oh God, even so, come blessed Lord. Amen. Listen, this is what Palm Sunday is all about. This is what that public triumphal entry into Jerusalem meant. And I pray this morning that God will bless this message. And if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I pray that you'll come today. I don't know your relationship with him, but if you're trusting in something else without Christ, other than Christ, uh, you're without Christ. But let me say this. Let me encourage you to keep the blood on the outside. Why would you hide it? Why would you hide your relationship? If you'll keep the blood on the outside, teenagers, you'll date the people you'll need to date. You'll marry the person you need to marry. Your children will grow up like you, you'd want your children to grow up. 
your marriage will be a godly marriage. It'll be that way as long as you keep the blood of Jesus on the outside publicly. Let people know who you are, what you stand for. Your life, my life, will be a lot easier. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time that we've had together this morning and learn perhaps some new things about what we call Palm Sunday. What an important day this day is. When Jesus Christ, the King of the Jews, was publicly introduced to them as their Messiah. And we know this coming week, following his processional, the parade, they crucified him. They rejected him. And then he immediately turned to the Gentiles, to us. We thank you, Lord, that he offered, you offered to us your salvation. For by grace are we saved through faith, not of ourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works. Least any man should boast. We make our prayer today in the name of Jesus who came, died on the cross, was buried, rose again, and one day, one day, he'll be coming back with 10,000 of his own. We make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Kyle's going to sing our invitation.